What does it mean to experience the power of Christ at home? How can I have those types of experiences in my home? Can I as a parent actually help my children internalize gospel principles? What does that look like? Those are the things we want to explore in this episode. Welcome to the My Teaching Matters podcast, where our mission is to help you, the intentional parent, to teach your children in such a way that they can personally experience the power of Jesus Christ while still at home. Welcome, everybody. My name is Lindsay Jensen, and I'm here with my mom and co-host, Leslie Johnson. Hi, everybody. So, Mom, what's the question we want to explore today? Today, I want to talk about what does it mean to experience the power of Christ? So, this question um, actually comes from our mission statement. And um, our mission statement for My Teaching Matters is that we help families experience the power of Christ in their homes. And so we want to talk about what does that mean, you know, to experience the power of Christ. Um, We don't want to just read about Christ's power anymore or just talk about Christ's power. Those things are important. But what we actually want to focus on is helping you and each of us experience Christ's power in our lives. Um, And this is what I believe is actually the very thing that kind of sets us apart from other uh, podcasts or other groups that are out there is because we want to focus on the experience part and helping you create experiences in your homes with your families that will allow you to personally experience the power of Christ. So I might be biased, but I think that's so important. And I think it's so empowering and powerful for me, right? When I think... As a mother, my role is not just to help my children know about Christ or to, yeah, to hear about him or to talk about him, but to have actually experienced his power in their life. Um, that's kind of a cool thought that that's maybe a little bit intimidating, but, um, but also empowering to, to realize that's what I want to do. And if we go back to, you know, in, in episode Oh, I don't even remember that number now. I should look four or five. But where we talk about, I shared that experience with that I had with my children about helping them gain their own testimonies and receive their own personal revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, where I realized that Christ wants my children to experience His power, right? He wants them to have those relation that relationship with Him, and so my role, um, while while I think that that might be intimidating, it's actually it's exciting because God will help me achieve that. He doesn't want us just to talk about him. He wants us to follow him and experience his power. Um, so I might be a little bit biased, but I, I think it's so powerful. And I love, I love that thought that we are here to experience the power of Christ in our homes. You know, Lindsay, I don't think it's, um, I think it's critical that we do this. I think in really in order to prepare our children for, uh, what's ahead of them, that they have to have these experiences or they won't be able to survive. The world is changing so quickly and Satan is getting a hold of of so many um, things and twisting so many things about the world that we live in that I think that it is critical that we help our children experience the power that comes from Christ. And, um, and, and, and I don't need to, you know, talking to you, Lindsay, is preaching to the choir because you believe I as I do. And that's why we even have this podcast is because we feel so strongly about um, helping prepare our children for the future. And we believe that it comes through experiences that we have as we experience the power of Christ in our lives. Mm, I love that. So so maybe um, let's talk about that, mom. What do you mean by experiencing the power of Christ? Or what does that what does that mean? How can we do that? How can we teach it? So let me just start with sharing a story and experience that I had. So um, actually, Lindsay, you'll remember that's a few years ago when all of this kind of started. Um, we were asked to create a game for a seminary end of year party. And game creation is a passion that Lindsay and I both share together. So we were really excited for this opportunity. 
And um, the teacher asked us to create a game that would focus on choices and consequences of our choices. And um, so that's what we did. We ended up creating this game that was um, based on choices and kind of an adventure breakout game kind of thing. And there were lots of choices that were made. There were lots of consequences to the choices. And we threw in a few puzzles and this compelling storyline. And it was really fun. We had a lot of fun with it. And, um, but because we designed this for a seminary group, we couldn't just design a game. It had to have a purpose, right? It had to have this moral that could be talked about. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. um, so, um, as part of the game, we created this opportunity for the kids to come back and report or debrief on their, after their mission was completed, after they'd finished the game. And as we play tested this game several times and we worked out the bugs, I found a really significant unexpected outcome of, of the game. And that was that the experiences that the players shared as they were playing the game became really powerful learning tools um, to share in their debriefing. So in this game... Um, we experienced how it felt when God didn't answer our prayers the way they, we thought that he would. And we experienced bad things happening even when we made good choices. And we experienced the consequences of choices that were good and bad, and we were frustrated and we were confused and we were excited and all of these emotions. And um, obviously, you know, as you're going through a game, it's not the same as real life, but the game, what it allowed us to do was to have this conversation about how those experiences really did apply to our life. And so we ended up being able to share our experiences. We shared testimony about things that we knew. We shared new ideas. And I saw um, this amazing learning taking place that I... Um, it was just kind of by accident that this great learning tool happened. And I was so excited about it. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that the reason it was so powerful was because it was patterned after the way God teaches us, his children, and that is through experience. So, you know, I, um, as I thought about that, you know, the whole purpose of our life is to gain experience and that we learn through the experience and that's an eternal principle and there's only so much you can learn through reading and talking and I believe that's you know what happened in heaven we got to the point that we couldn't learn anymore without coming to earth and having a body and experiencing body and experiencing trials and um and as I saw this um opportunity of learning through experiences maybe contrived experiences, but what that could do was open up a way for us to teach that was really powerful. It was kind of a, a figurative inoculation, if you will. And I found that that could be really powerful. Mm -hmm. So so let me delve, delve a little bit deeper with you, Mom. So when you say... So you had this game or this experience that people could do, mm -hmm. and that wasn't necessarily experiencing the power of Christ through that game, right? Right. Or how no. did that how did that lead you to actually experience the power of Christ? Because it wasn't the game itself. No, no, the game itself had was was you were on a mission to try to save some your your Nephite brothers that had been captured by the Lamanites, and so you were trying to, um, you know, make choices that that would allow you to go and get those, you know, save them from from the Lamanites. And so it wasn't had really have anything to do with the power of Christ. But what it did is, you know, as we um, experienced in the game that we made choices that we thought were the right choice, and yet the consequences of the choices were not what we expected. Um. We talked about that. So how does that happen in our life? Has anybody ever experienced a time where they made a choice or they prayed for something and it didn't turn out the way that they thought? And so then we had this rich discussion about people's own experience of when that really happened in their life, when they prayed for something and it did not turn out the way that they had anticipated. And 
And then we talked about, well, you know, what did you learn from that experience? Or, um, you know, how could you have, you know, now that you've had that experience, how would you handle it differently? And there was some great learning that happened as we, we discussed that with each other. Mm-hmm. So, so you can have, so we talk about experiences. So you can have these experiences that are a game or, or the kind of a teaching moment, right? But right. The, really the, experiencing the power of Christ happens individually and it happens in life, right? It doesn't happen necessarily in church right? or in a family home evening. It happens in life. And so what, what, what you're talking about is having a discussion that brings that out, that helps us reflect on when we have experienced the power of Christ in ourselves. And, and that game is kind of a bridge to help us recognize those things, right? Right. It gave us a common platform and it kind of gave us a, a starting point where we could talk about important things. You know, it's kind of hard to just bring up the topic of, you know, so have you ever prayed and God didn't answer your prayer? Well, you know, we just went through an experience where the choices that we made to pray, we didn't feel like God answered our prayer in this game. And we were kind of punished because the choice that we'd made wasn't, um, I mean, that's just what happened. And and so we're like, well, you know, because sometimes in, in primary or in, you know, we always learn that God answers our prayers. Well, let's be real. Sometimes we don't feel like he answers our prayers. And, and sometimes we're afraid to bring that up because, well, God's supposed to answer our prayers. You know, we've been taught that if we pray that God will answer us. And so if if for any reason we feel like we're not getting an answer to our prayer, then maybe we feel like it's our fault. And so by having this experience in this game where it really didn't matter, it wasn't really important because it was a game, but we all suffered the same consequences from it, that gave us an opportunity to talk about that. Okay, so what happens you know, when have you experienced this in your life where you felt like God didn't answer your prayers? And then there's some wonderful opportunities for people to share and to talk about and figure out for themselves why God maybe didn't answer their prayer the way they thought he should. Mm, I love that. So you're trying to get out of the theoretical what should happen that we often talk about in Sunday school. Mm-hmm. You're trying to delve deep and actually understand our real experiences and our lives and how that relates to the game, how that relates to what Christ wants us to know, right? Right. Um, the whole point is, and that's the thing, it's like the game itself was fun. It was fine. But the power well, of it The came, game itself is awesome. Yeah. But but that's not the, but that's not the end. Right. Right. The real learning. So the game itself was fun entertainment. It was it was a great time to be together and have fun. But as a learning tool, the real learning came after the game when we were discussing these principles. And that was the part that I learned was that, wow, that's, that's different than I had anticipated because I had been focusing mm-hmm. on the game itself. I love that. So that's a great example, mom. So this is a, this is a this is a agreement for seminary. It's a, it's a great example. But let's, um, how can we do this in our home, right? I, I have little kids at home. I can't create a, I mean, we spent a lot of time on this game. We did. can't create that for every lesson. Like, that's right. just not going right. to happen. So what, what can we do? Or how do we, how do we take the things that we learned? That's a great, um, that's kind of just an example of what got us started in learning about, or thinking about experiencing the power of Christ and what that can look like in our home. So, so can you maybe... Talk a little bit about what you learned and how we can then apply it to our to ourselves. Yeah. So, um, so obviously we can't do a big event like that every time we want to teach a principle of the gospel. That's that's just not realistic. Um, but the key, the takeaway from this idea is that you don't stop when the experience is over. You have to continue the learning cycle. Um, had we stopped after playing that game, we would have lost so much of, of the opportunity to 
to learn and to teach each other. And I think that that's the thing as, as parents, we just, we just talked about that our job as a parent is to guide our children through this learning process so that as they have these experiences, we have to help them understand what these experiences mean and what they can learn from them. They don't automatically uh, do that on their own. There is, there are certain steps that can be taken to help them uh, think through that a little bit deeper and to actually learn from those experiences. And that's, I think, what I want to, to talk about is, you know, maybe what are those steps um, that we can take to help us complete that learning loop? Yeah, so you talk about this learning cycle or this learning loop. Um, I think lots of our listeners aren't aren't familiar you know, and this is, it's, we've talked about it, so I know what you're talking about, but not, I don't think I did before we started exploring this idea. Um, but what do you mean by this learning cycle or this learning loop? What does that cycle, what is a cycle? You don't just learn something and then you've learned it? Check. It's not just a one-way thing. Why do, why, why do you call it a cycle? What, what um, is this? Yeah, that's a great, a great question. So this is actually kind of a new, well, fair to, fair, fairly relatively new kind of um teaching idea and it's called the experiential learning cycle so it capitalizes now, this, on an experience okay and this isn't something necessarily you came up with right you happened upon this and then you've since delved into like some oh some yeah literature so, and stuff about learning about this right right so when i saw how this was working i'm like learning from an experience is so powerful what why is that and so i started doing some research on it and i found that there is actually a um a thought process of teaching through experiences. I mean, a lot of universities are starting to do this now that they say, you know what, it's so much more um, applicable to have an intern or an internship and actually go out and spend six months on the job to learn this stuff than it is to learn it out of a book, right? It just makes sense when you think of it that way. But they've actually now made it into a um, a theory of sorts that that, hey, there is some great learning that can happen as we go through these experiences if if we take these experiences and then um, process them. It can't just be a one and done kind of thing. You have to actually process the experience that you had. Mm -hmm. so, so you're trying to take an internship type thing, but instead of putting everyone in an internship, although that still serves its wonderful purpose, they're trying to recreate that in the classroom so that your classroom time is better spent, right? Right. Right. Okay. Exactly. So, and so we now, our goal of, as parents is to try to do that in our own teaching. Say, okay, we're going to quit lecturing and telling our kids what to do and just having it be a one way, let me spew information at you and expect you to, to retain it. But let's actually go through this experience and try to have an ex something meaningful happen. Right. Because as you can think, you know, when you go through an experience, you own it, right? It's yours. And if we're talking about, um, personal revelation or we're talking about a personal testimony it has to be your own it can't be someone giving it to you and so mm. this idea mm -hmm. of um learning from our personal experiences is what helps uh really uh, strengthen that idea so let's let's okay. let's quit talking in generalities and kind of deep dive into yep, this yep yep no, i was trying to get a an overview, but I think I think we've done that. So what does what does it look like? What is this experiential learning cycle? Okay, so so basically there's there's four steps. So you can think of a of a clock. You have twelve o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock, nine o'clock. There's four different major steps that we're going to take on this learning cycle. So at twelve o'clock, the very first thing that you start with is you have an experience. So in this example that I had, um, it was the game. Right, we, we, we had this game and that's the experience. Well, the second step then, so now, you know, from 12 to three, we have this experience. At three o'clock, we stop and we reflect on this experience. So we make observations about this experience. So when I was um, with this game in particular, um, I noticed that there was a lot of feeling after this game was over and they, they wanted to talk about what they just gone through. You know, did you guys, did this happen to you at this place? Did anybody else able to, to, um, you know, get their prisoners out on time? Did anybody else have this experience? You know, they, they had all this thing that well, they I wanted remember, to talk about. 
I remember when I, when I played it with some kids, the the boys came in. We just killed some coyotes with our bare hands, right? They were so <laughs> <Right>? excited. <laughs> yeah, they're so excited. And so <laughs> so you're making these, you're reflecting and you're making these observations about this experience that you just went through. Okay. Um, okay. So, so, and then, so from three o'clock to six o'clock, that's what you're, you're doing. And then at six o'clock, you say, okay, what and this is where it really starts to get powerful. Six o'clock, you think, okay, what, what did we learn from this experience? Okay, so now they, they, they killed their, the coyotes with their bare hands, okay? Um, so let's, let's talk about that. What did you learn from that? Well, the reason that they had the energy to kill these coyotes was because they had previously had enough food so that they had energy and, and things to do this, or they had uh, got enough weapons so that they were able to, to stay the, the coyotes off. And so they start, so they start talking about, um, you know, what it learned, what they learned, you know, we learned that if we're prepared, then we have, we're able to better take care of things in the future. Okay, so they start personalizing, they start verbalizing, they start figuring out um, what they learned from that experience. Um, for me, when I was going through this game process and I saw them, you know, going through the game, I learned that, wow, look how much they're learning as we start to personalize this, as they start to talk about preparing for things now that might happen in the future. Wow, that's really powerful. And so I started to see that this type of learning was really powerful. So that's kind of number six, is that you start to to articulate and start to think about what you learned from this experience, okay? You didn't just have the experience, you didn't just talk about how fun it was, but what did you learn from it? And then, mm -hmm. so from six to nine, then this is what you're kind of talking about and you're kind of analyzing what happened. At nine o'clock, then you say, okay, it's now time to... Think about what we, I mean, we've, we've thought about the experience itself. We've thought, or we've had the experience. We've thought about the experience itself. We've thought about what we've learned from it. Now, what are we going to do about it? Now that we know something or we've learned something about it, what are we going to do to act on what we've learned? So for example, when I realized that there was such power in the discussion afterwards, I spent a lot of time putting together kind of uh, questions that would help draw out some of the lessons that were learned. So as people played this game, they would have a um, list of questions that they could ask already prepared for them that could help draw out the learning that happened in this game. So to kind of just, a, I says, you know, I can see that this is happening, but somebody else might need some help um, knowing how to to really make this meaningful. And so I was able to, from the experience that I had, from the things that I learned from that game, I thought if I can do this and prepare some questions for them, it's going to help make their experience better. Okay, and so then we went back, we're back to 12 o'clock. Okay, so now we're going to play this game again. And I'm going to see if the questions that I prepared make a difference in the conversation or the discussion that has happened afterwards. And so you have this cycle that goes through and through. You have an experience, you reflect on that. Okay, so I see that this discussion helped a little bit, but you know what? If I were to tweak this question just a little bit or add a little bit more meat around this question, it might help make it a stronger discussion, okay? So you have this this self-reflection, this analysis of the experiences that you've had that goes over and over and over these iterations until you feel like you've gotten all you can out of it. Does that kind of mm -hmm. help? Or maybe you can give an example of, of something that maybe is not quite so abstract. No, I think that's great. So so let's just go over those experiences real fast and then, or the, the steps and then, and then, yeah, let's give some more examples because I think we should have to hear more examples. So, um, so the first step is to have an experience, mm -hmm. right? Right. You do something. That's the 12 o'clock from 12 to three. You're, you're doing something. You have some sort of experience. Um, now this experience, well, no, let's go over the steps first, then we can talk more. So you have an experience 
then you reflect on that experience and there's still not really much learning. You just have to, you have to take time to reflect on what just happened right. in order for it to be meaningful, right? You want right. to get those emotions out, talk about it, um, share what just happened. So that's from, from the three to six. And then at the six o'clock point, your third step is to um, talk about what you learned from that experience, right? How that applies to you. Why, you know, try Why to relate it, it to your life. Why is it important? Yeah. Yeah. So you try to relate it to your own life. And then the last step would be preparing and then acting on what you learned. Right. So then to say what you're going to do next time or just kind of be thinking about the future. Well, how this impacts you. So now that you, yeah, you know how, yeah, how this impacts you and going to impact your future. Right. 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 And, and so, you know, None of those points um, in and of themselves seem that amazing or that aha, this is an amazing kind of thing. But when you actually complete that cycle, um, you are, you're going through this learning process that can change you, right? And so we're all about changing who we are. And in order to change, we have to understand for ourselves why change is necessary. So if you think about um, mm-hmm. the scriptures and the stories within the scriptures, you have Alma the Younger. Alma the Younger was a naughty boy. He went around persecuting the saints and um, really was troublesome. And it wasn't until he had his own personal experience and came to know Christ and came to know of the atonement and the role of Christ in that atonement that he was able to change. Another example is the the anti-Nephi or anti-Lehi, ugh, Lehi, Nephites, Nephi, Lehites. Oh, that's a hard one for me. Anti-Nephi, Lehites. Okay, so they are the ones that had the Lamanites that had gone around killing the Nephites because they thought that they were bad. But when Ammon came and taught them, or maybe it was Alma, one of them that came and taught them. Ammon. It was Ammon that came and taught them about the gospel and taught them about um, the atonement that they wanted to change. They're like, you know what? We want to stay clean. We're going to bury our weapons and we're never going to use them again. And it was because they had experienced that change of heart. They had had an experience that helped them recognize that they needed to change. And so that this cycle is what helps take the experience to the point where you're willing to change. Does that make sense? I like that. So the whole point of this is to provide that motivation to change, right? If we want to experience Christ's power, that requires change, right? Really, really experience Christ's power through repentance, Mm -hmm. through when we need that help. Um, No, I like that. So let me give a concrete example of of a time, of an experience that we had and, and how that's, with my family, with my young kids. So, and actually, I think we even talked about this a little bit um, toward one of our other episodes, but but I have a follow-up. So we had an experience in our family. Um, I, well, back up a little bit more. I have a daughter who is quite timid um, and likes to, or if she, and hates feeling like she did anything wrong. So every time that she feels like she's done something wrong or that she's being, that someone's mad at her or, or, or anyway, she, she she just clams up and just kind of tucks her head in and just clams up and like refuses to talk and just sits there. Um, and it's been kind of a problem because she won't tell us what happened. So like if someone gets hurt, she won't tell us what happened because she feels like she's she's being attacked and um you know and she she wouldn't say she was sorry because she just she just would clam up and just kind of go inward. And we wanted to help her understand the power of repentance, the importance of repentance, the importance of saying, I'm sorry, when you do something wrong, the importance of, you know, when you make things better, you can, it helps you feel better. So even though you do feel so awful inside right now, you can feel better. And so, so we chose to have an experience. We chose to play a game. So an experience just to back up can be a game, a big game. It could be a little activity. It could be a song. It can be a, um, role-playing, right? Or it's anything that kind of just is low key sets the sets the foundation helps everyone experience something or have some do something together that you can then talk about right right so it's it can be big it can be little so but we chose to we wanted to have an experience 
where we chose to, everyone put rocks in their shoes and they walked around with a rock in their shoe. And as my kids were walking around with a rock in a shoe, we, that, that was our experience. So then the next step is to reflect and make observations about our experience. So I asked my kids, how does it feel when you're walking around with your shoe or with the rock in your shoe? So, well, it kind of hurts. It's uncomfortable. I think we even created an obstacle course and they had to run the obstacle course with this rock in their shoe. And, um, yeah, they talk about how it's a little bit tricky. It's not very comfortable. You know, and then we took the rock out and I had them do it again. So we had, we continued with this experience. And I say, hey, how does that feel? They're like, oh, it feels so much better. I can run and I can go so much faster. And this is so much fun with, you know, it feels a lot better without a rock in my shoe. Um, okay, so the first step is to have the experience, the walking around with the rock in the shoe. The second step is to reflect on your experience. You know, how does that feel? What is, what's happening as you walk around with this rock in your shoe or as you take it out? The third step then is to talk about what you've learned from this experience. I say, okay, so sometimes we do something wrong. Maybe we um, yell at our sister and we realize that that's, that's not, that's like putting a rock in our shoe. How do you feel when you yell at your sister? And they can say, I don't feel very good. You know, it doesn't, you know, it makes our family not happy and not, not loving with each other. We don't, it's, it's, I don't like it when I yell at my sister. Okay, we can talk about how you feel uncomfortable inside, just like you felt uncomfortable with that rock in your shoe, right? So you're, you're, you're now taking that experience and talking about what it means to you in your life. Now you're applying it to yourself, talking about what you learn. Um, okay, and then the fourth step would be to then prepare to act on what you've learned. Say what you're going to do next time. And so we can then, so the four, so I then took my kids and I said, okay, the awesome thing about the atonement or about Jesus, about repenting, is that we can feel better again. When we do something wrong, when we yell at our sister and we feel uncomfortable inside, we can repent and we can feel happy again. We can feel better. And what does that repentance look like? Well, it means that you take that rock out of your shoe and you do that by saying you're sorry and by making things better. You have to then make amends to whatever happened. Um, and so we took it through them and then we practiced saying that we're sorry to each other. Um, so we had this experience, right? We reflected on it. We verbalized, we talked about it, and then we're able, and then prepared to act on what we learned. So next time when we do something wrong, because we are going to do something wrong, and that's okay, it's like getting a rock in your shoe. It's not a problem when you're walking to get a rock in your shoe, but you want to take it out, and we do that by repenting. Okay, so that's that's an example of one iteration of the cycle, mm-hmm. um, and that that was a powerful experience. Okay, if you want to make it even more powerful, you go through that cycle again. Right. So a couple days later, and I think I shared this too in the other episode, my daughter um, yelled at my husband, yelled at her dad. And we, so, so I took her away and I says, okay, Katie, how do you feel when you yell at your dad? And is that, is that an appropriate response? And we talked about how that's like just putting a rock in your shoe and that's, you know, we need to repent. And so, right. So it's a new experience where she did something wrong. Um, and I didn't even create this experience. This was just an experience that she had, but she owns it, right? This was hers. Um, so we reflected, talked about the experience and how it maybe wasn't great. Okay. So what can you, you know, remember how, if we ha- what can we do when we have a rock in our shoe? If we want to repent, what do we need to do? And she says, well, we need to say we're sorry and we need to make it better. So she went and apologized to her dad, right? And that was the acting on it. She went and apologized to her dad, um, about what she did. Now, in order for this to happen, I had to take her away. We had to talk about it again, um, and it was hard for her. She wanted me to help her. I held her hand while she went and apologized to her dad, um, and it was hard for her, but she did it, and I was so proud of her for doing it. Okay, well, just a couple days ago, so now this is a couple weeks after that experience, She, um, my little baby, my three-month-old, was on the ground, just laying on the floor, and she was just talking to her, just kind of playing with her. Well, then she decides to jump over the baby, <laughs> and... Um, the baby was okay. Sarah was okay. But she did start crying. She was not happy. I think she must have hit her or something. And Katie just immediately, you know, just felt so bad. She just starts crying. But what she did was she came to me immediately. It was right away. And she says, Mom, I'm so sorry. What can I do to make it better? Um, right. And so she now was having her own experiences. She was able to 
take your own experience. And I didn't have to take her through that cycle at all. She like immediately went through, knew exactly what she needed to do to feel better. And so she came and apologized to me and we talked to, you know, and she says that she won't jump over the baby again. That was a good learning experience. <laughs> um, but that, um, yeah. And, and she was able to help Sarah, was able to give her a little hug and, and I was able to go comfort her and everything was fine. Like no one was hurt. But that experience that she can now, you know, after a month, it's probably been over a month or more um, since we had that experience, but we've kept, you know, we kept going through that cycle. You think about that cycle, you go, you have an experience, you talk about it, you talk about how what it means to you and what you're going to do next time. So then the next time comes and you act on what you learned. And so she was able to, you know, so that next time came and she was able to make it better and she was able to apologize, but it was hard for her. Well, the third time around, it was significantly easier and she was able to do it all on her own without any prompting, without any help. And I was really proud of her. Um, so that's an example of that learning cycle that happens over and over and over again. And the first time it might be something that you create. It might be something that you fabricate and say, you know what, we need to practice repenting or we need to talk about prayer, right? Or I want my children to understand the atonement better or, you know, whatever it is, you can choose something and then you 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 just keep doing it over and over and over again you fabricate an experience but the next time you use their real experiences to make it even more meaningful so that's an awesome experience Lindsay. so i i want to um ask you another question a follow-up question so what would have happened if you would have stopped at the experience so so mm. think about like I know that you actually did this um, same experience with a primary class. And um, what would have happened to maybe some of those kids who had the experience of walking around with a, a bean in their shoe or a rock in their shoe, um, but then they went home and they didn't know, their parents didn't know that that's what they'd learned in primary. Their parents didn't have that same experience. Um, so there was no continual follow-up. So what would happen if you stopped with just the experience? Mm, that's a great question. Um, you know, and as much as I hope that those primary kids would have internalized that lesson, the truth is that one time it might have helped for a little bit, but then it would go away, right? They would lose what they got. It wouldn't lead to that lasting change. That change of being doesn't happen if you just stop at the experience. Um, so maybe I maybe I turn that question back on you, Mom, and I say, well, what happened? You know, you had an experience. You know, when you were, I think about Max and how he was a liar, right, when he was mm -hmm. six. And so you had an experience. Maybe tell that story really fast and what happened and what you regret. Yeah. Okay, so that's a really good experience. So if you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard this story before, but let me just uh, reiterate it really quickly, is that one of my sons had a really um, problem with lying, with just not telling the truth. He would fabricate stories just for the sake of fabricating a story. And um, it was really becoming a problem. And so I thought, you know what, I need to help teach him uh, what happens when you keep telling lies that people eventually are not going to... Um, trust you. They're not going to, to be able to trust what you say. And so I thought, you know what, he's just young. We're going to uh, learn this. You know, I'm going to have this great experience where we're going to act this out through a role play and we're going to role play uh, the boy who cried wolf. That was a story that we had read. We knew the story. Um, and so I thought if we role play it, he'll, he'll own it more, right? He'll have this experience of of actually people not believing him. And so we did. He was the little boy who cried wolf and um, part of the family were the sheep and part of the people were, or part of the family were the townspeople. And, um, and we went through that story. And in my mind, by the time we were done with that story, he would have realized that, that um, he, we are not going to believe him. When he called wolf that last time and said, wolf, wolf, and none of us came to help him and the wolf was eating up all of his sheep, um, I figured he would learn what it felt like to not be trusted. Well, he totally, it did not sink in at all. 
he continued to tell lies. And in, in that role play, nobody showed up to help him. So he just took it to his own hands and started to try to beat up the wolf, which was his dad, you know, so he's wrestling with his dad on the floor. And it turns out to be a wrestling match. And he thinks it's all fun and games. So um, at that point in time, in my understanding of teaching, I chalked that up as a failed experience. That didn't work. That was a that just was a dumb idea. It just didn't work. Um, but what I didn't realize was that I hadn't taken him through the rest of those those steps. We didn't talk about, um, you know, what does what happened in that that story? How did you feel when nobody came to help you? How do you think that um, telling lies is going to affect you in the in the future? You know, what would have happened if you would have told the truth and people came to help you? Do you think they would have come back the next time and help him think through that process? If I would have taken the opportunity to go through that cycle and step through each one of those steps, and then the next time he lied to refer back to that, I think he would have very quickly come to realize that lying doesn't pay off. And and I will say that eventually he did learn that, but it took a lot longer than than I think that would have had I understood the principles of of experiential learning. Yeah, and I think that I, I, I like that story, Bum, because it is that what if you don't, what if you stop at the right? experience? Yeah, um, I, I did. I think lots of us do. I think we don't, you know, at that time, you didn't know about this experiential cycle. Um, lots of us don't have experience with that full experiential cycle. This is kind of new groundbreaking work. But when we think about it, we realize that's how God teaches us. That's why we came to earth. Um, that's why he encouraged us to journal or to read the scriptures, to take time to ponder, because we have to think about our experiences. We can't just go through the experiences. We have to reflect on them as well. Right. Um, but so I like that story. And I think you know, it illustrates a couple things to me. One, that God gives us grace. Like that. Yeah. My brother is, he tells the truth always now. And so just because you didn't know how to teach, or like you couldn't teach him that as quickly as you wanted, didn't mean that he was screwed up forever. Right. right. We don't need to feel that pressure. We don't need to put that pressure on ourselves. But that said, when we learn this cycle, when we learn how to teach better, it does make it easier. <laughs> Right. It just right. It makes it faster and easier. And I can have these great experiences like I just had with my kitty, um, you know, where we learn how to say we're sorry a whole lot faster than we maybe would just lecturing every time that she wouldn't do it. Right. Because when she's feeling upset and not wanting to say she's sorry, she no matter no amount of lecturing will bring her to say she's sorry. And that mm -hmm. just does not help. Um, those are, those are a couple of things that come to mind related to that. Yeah. So, so go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think, I think the other thing I want to talk about briefly, mom, and, and this is a really deep subject that I think today we're just trying to get an overview of, and we'll, we'll have more podcast episodes where we delve into this a little bit deeper because there's, right. there's a lot to unpack here. Right. But, um, I want you to compare, you know, I think of the cycle and I just can't help but think of the episode we have about questions where we ask questions. Can you please compare how this cycle works with how you <coughs> ask good questions and how those, how they just go hand in hand? That's, I, I love uh, that because the questions um, that you ask go hand in hand, like you said. Um, so, so let's, Let's take the idea that we're, we want to prepare a lesson, okay? And so we start with an experience. We think about what gospel principle are we trying to teach? And that's a starting place. We start with the experience. And so you think, I'm going to teach that through a scripture or a song or a, a lesson or a story or an activity, whatever it is, that experience. But then we need to ask questions. So if you refer back to the episode that we had on what are the most powerful kinds of questions, we know that the first kind of question that we need to ask are just comprehension questions. What do you understand from the story that we just read? Or what what do you know about this gospel principle? And that's just to, you know, a reflection question. You know, what is it that that um, you know from this this story? Um, so by reflecting, that's your three o'clock, that's your second step, right? When you right. ask a comprehension question, 
you are doing that second step that exactly on how this on what happened exactly so so we asked some questions during that three o'clock to six o'clock that are just basic questions uh comprehension kind of questions really kind of um basic not a lot of meat there but then we get to the really important stuff at six o'clock we're going to we're going to try to analyze what we learned from this experience and so the questions that we asked during that analysis should be questions that help us personalize what we just learned what does this mean to you um what do you learn from this? Um, have you ever experienced something like this? Uh, any kind of question that will help us personalize it or give us an opportunity to share an experience or a testimony. Um, these are the kind of questions that you should ask during this analysis period. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the next step, uh, an invitation to act, are questions based around, you know, what can we do this week to act on what we learned? Um, what are you going to do next time your sister hits you or the next time you hit your sister? Um, you know, these are the questions that invite them to ask. So, so the interesting thing about the questions here are by asking questions, you are guiding them, your children, through this learning cycle. You have to actually help teach them. Just like, like Lindsay said, she had to, when, when Katie got mad at her dad, he, she had to take her away and she kind of asked her these questions. Okay, how do you feel? What can you do better? Um, you are coaching them through this learning process. Now, as you get older, you're going to do this on by yourself automatically. For me, as I looked at the game that I had designed, I went through these steps myself and I was able to reflect and analyze and change um, myself. But with our young kids, it's up to us as parents to guide them. And it's through questions that we ask them that we can guide them through this learning process. So you're right. The questions go hand in hand with this learning cycle. And that is, is how we as parents can teach this learning cycle to our children is by asking the appropriate questions. Mm, I love that. And then I think that the other thing I would add is to remember that it's a cycle. Mm-hmm. And so when you invite them to act at home, you have the opportunity to see when that next time, time comes up, what they said they were going to do. Are they doing it? Right. And you can follow up again and you take them through that cycle yet again. Right. When you're teaching at church, you don't have that opportunity. When the missionaries come and give a lesson, they try to do lots of these same things and they'll be an invitation. And sometimes they'll even follow up, but they don't have real power to follow up like you do as a parent. Right. Well, as a parent, you're there for the natural experiences that happen. Right. And if you can see, you know, I have this opportunity right now to teach my my daughter just kicked her little sister as she jumped over her. I can take this opportunity now to talk about this experience. And and that's what you don't have in a classroom or or as a as a teacher in a a, a classroom or a someplace outside of the home is that you don't you miss out on those natural occurring experiences to reinforce this cycle. Yeah. And that's why okay. teaching at home is so powerful and being a parent yeah. is so powerful is because of that. I agree. I think it's, it is so powerful. You as a parent, um, you are the main teacher. You are the main role model. And that's, that's why is because the, the things that you learn, you know, in a classroom, you have to stop halfway through that experience or maybe you even, and you know, if you can go through that whole cycle, that's awesome. That's a very successful, wonderful lesson. But when you're at home, you get to go through that cycle over and over and over again until it becomes a part of who they are and actually changes them. Yes. And so when we began this question or this episode talking about what does it mean to experience the power of Christ? Um, and I guess that's what I want to say is that we experience the power of Christ when we go through this over and over and over again. Right. When we right. really learn to change ourselves. That's what Christ came to do, was to help us change, to help us be better. And when we cha- learn to change ourselves through doing things like this, um, that's when we experience it. When my daughter can, you know, now can say that she's sorry on her own without help and try to make things better by herself, 
she's experiencing the joy that Christ can bring through repentance. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's, I think that's what we mean. We, as parents, our role is so much more than just making sure that our kids read their scriptures or know the scripture stories or can even recite the things that Christ did. They need to know him personally and they need to experience what he can do. And that comes through this delving deep through these deep learning, through asking those hard questions that make you reflect on your own life and what's happening in your own life. Right. And that to me is what that means. Yes, absolutely. Um, so mom, I think you created a gift for people, right? Cause this is kind of a, um, it's, it's a new concept and it's, it's kind of a, you have to dive deep and it's, it's maybe a little bit hard to, to wrap your mind around and we'll, and we'll talk more about it, but, but share, do you want to share a little bit about what you made and what, what it is, what you, yeah, you, know, you want to give to them? At, we've talked about this, but rem, I mean, at the very beginning, we said you can only learn so much from talking. And I mean, even though we shared examples, there's only so much you can learn. And so I want you to have your own experience with this idea of the this learning cycle and this experiential learning cycle. And so I have created a little experience for you to do with your family. <clears throat> it goes along with um, this next week's Come Follow Me, which sh- should be on... Um, experimenting on the word and Alma talking about faith being like a little seed. And if you uh, want to experience with your, an experience to do with your children, you can actually plant seeds. And then you can go through these steps of reflecting on, you know, what do you see as these seeds grow and, and what happens to the seeds that we didn't water, you know, why, why didn't they grow? And then you can analyze and talk about what you learned from this experience and, and personalize it. Well, how does that relate to our faith, if we don't water, if we don't work on having more faith, then is it going to grow? Is our faith going to strengthen? Are we going to come to understand the principles? And so so what we've done is we have created an experience for you to try to use this learning cycle. And it will have questions for you to, you know, uh, just example questions that you could ask that will help you through this cycle so that you can experience with your own family what it looks like and how powerful this type of learning can be. And so um, hopefully, hopefully you take advantage of that. Hopefully you could, you uh, take that opportunity to experience this yourself so that um, you can experience for yourself what Lindsay and I have been talking about. I love that. So if you guys want to find that, if you want that little gift, you can go to myteachingmatters.com click on the the tab that says free resources and it will be right there at the top. Um, You can get that free resource of this experiential cycle and, you know, an actual experience that you can use to help your children um, understand faith. And then I think it also includes a little, um, just like a cheat sheet of what we talked about. Some of the highlights of what is entailed in an experiential learning type activity. So you can go there to myteachingmatters.com, click on free resources. It'll be right there waiting for you. Um, Yeah. So mom, can you quickly just really fast recap what we learned and what we talked about this episode? So we just want to remind you that experiential learning is a very powerful type of learning. You have an experience, you reflect on that experience, you analyze and um, what you learn from that experience, and then you decide what you're going to do to change. And you, as parents, you guide your children through this experience, through the kind of questions that you ask. And and as you ask those questions, uh, you can help them come to know and understand for themselves principles of the gospel. Excellent. Okay, everybody, we'll see you again next week. Remember that your teaching really does matter. Bye, everybody.